You're listening to Press Play OK, a deep dive on the stories behind your favorite local musicians. On this episode, we're sitting down with Joey Duffy of Cliff Diver. Their brand of bold sincerity translates into emo-twinged indie rock. With early singles like You Sir Are Obviously Not a Golfer and Teaching a Narwhal Empathy, Cliff Diver built a lot of excitement and quite the community. In a short time frame, the band produced two EPs and started packing local venues, as well as garnering support out of state. Support for this podcast comes from Musicians Haven, a nonprofit organization focused on providing opportunities for musical enjoyment. Based out of Claremore, Musicians Haven provides events like jam nights, vinyl nights, and intimate concerts. More information on Musicians Haven at musichaven.org or at facebook.com slash musicianshaveninc. Just a heads up, on today's episode, we do discuss topics like suicide, drug use, and mental illness. Although discussed through the lens of growth, these are sensitive topics. Now, let's press play. I'm Hannah, and I am here with Tulsa's sweetheart and local musician, vocalist of Cliff Diver, Joey Duffy. Hello. How are you, Hannah? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I got a little lost driving around the campus, but it's nice. I haven't been on a college campus in a while, so. Well, I hope you feel at home here. I mean, get cozy. Something I wanted to start off doing is a little bit of a throwback. I don't know if you would remember this. But right around this time last year was a show from a band called Soaker, and it was at the Rabbit Hole. You offered to give me an app reading of tarot cards, and I would just like to return the favor real quick. Okay. That sounds fine to me. Awesome. All right. So pull away. Hey, those, these, aren't, these aren't bad. That's, okay. We're feeling that's it. Good. That's good. Oh, no. Oh. Maybe. Oh, I don't know now. We'll uh, take it in stride. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here, here, here okay. you go. I'll, I'll let you do your thing. All right. Would you like... Oh. So are we going to start with love, fortune, yeah. or career? Uh, we can start wherever you want. I, I'm, I'm willing to uh, talk about all, all things. Wonderful. Dive I... as deep as you need to. <laughs> I want to say cliff dive, but I know I shouldn't. Okay. Let's start with fortune. All right. So in a financial context... You got the chariot, which is a good omen. Congratulations. Thank you. Might have been a financial challenge that seemed insurmountable. Yes. But this may be a good time to tackle it. We're feeling good. That's good. Yeah. Um, that is pretty accurate as a musician and bartender, a touring musician and bartender. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it hasn't been the best financial season. I was lucky, I guess, that I had money saved up for tours. That helped me kind of bridge that gap when everything shut down, but um, I don't know if I consider that lucky because we missed like four tours. So that South by tour, we were doing five showcases. It was it was wow. pretty heartbreaking. We can only hope that we'll be back. You know, once it's safe. Yeah, I mean, definitely, we're we're planning tours for next year. Hopefully, things things can work out. But I mean. It's just going to be one of those play-by-ears things. I know some people are already playing shows and touring and stuff like that, which is, um, as somebody who tries to stay positive, not something I would do. It's a little A way scary. to say it. Uh, right. Especially Tulsa. Tulsa's having, like, full-capacity shows at mm-hmm. some bars, and it's just like, I get it. I miss shows, but <clears throat> not now. Not now. Not now. Not yet. Not yet. Now, we're, now in cases are still on the rise. It's just like, let things chill. 
Like, trust me, I it'll come back if we do it the right way. The season will be back. Yeah, people are like, people are like, man, I'd do anything for a show again. And then like, their Snapchats, it's them at a party with like four hundred people. Like, well, you won't do anything for shows to come back, or else you'd you'd probably be home, or at least social distanced, or like masked. You know, whatever. It's it's neither here nor there. But I like the idea of future (laughs) fortunes. That sounds absolutely. That sounds really good to me. I think this is the season for planning ahead. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. That is one thing that we have done to a fault almost is we've had a lot of time we have a lot of plans now hopefully that we can set in motion so was it just a few days ago you always were posting some pics in studio yes um we're in the studio right now i'm going there actually right after this going uh we're recording with a guy named cj cochran who's a guitar player for outline and color another massive oh, oh i mean they are the massive band we're not massive they they got like our entire like total streams, which is about like five hundred something thousand, they got that in like one day um, on us on like their new EP, and I was like, okay, there are levels to this. There are levels to this. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're working on it. They are kind of like the example from Tulsa. Like they're an indie band. They they you know do everything themselves, and they just keep hustling. And and they've shown a good way to to pivot. Now they're doing all their stuff online, and cool. you know everyone, all of them are streaming stuff, and like it's just. Being a musician in this day and age is, is a trip. But, yeah, we're going to go record uh, a split. We're recording two songs. My heart is pitter-pattering already. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I guess speaking of being a musician in these times, let's go ahead. We'll look at career. Let's do it. Okay. We've got Judgment. Ooh. Technically, right now, I'm a bartender, though, for my career. So if that's the one that, that we get any bad reads for, we'll just... We'll spin this. We'll cast that. Oh, you Absolutely. have to. You have to. That's what we're here for. So, judgment can be an indication that you are being assessed or evaluated. Hey, that might be all right. Because we're be trying nice. to get labels to look at it. So You're currently being assessed, and they are evaluating. I mean, you, we have been hit up by some like PR people and stuff lately, so this, this is good. This is this all is good. But everything gets Let's go ahead. We'll dive into love. We have Wheel of Fortune. So luck is with you and you do not need to worry. Uh, I don't believe it, but um, I will trust the reading. <laughs> we'll manifest the positivity. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I have gone on dates lately for the first time in, in a couple years. So. Whoa, you're getting out there. I guess, I guess it's not inaccurate. Well, uh, it's it's the mullet. Want. I mean, it's just. It they can't see, and I wish they could, because it's, it's voluptuous. You can, you can Whoa! Hear it on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it picked that up. <laughs> Ridiculous. I've found 
uh, let me have some joy in was seeing your disc golf stories. Oh yeah. Tell me about this. How long have you been doing that? Um, longer than my skill level would suggest. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, probably about six, seven years. But like, you know, I was really into it for a while and then fell off. And it wasn't until probably April or so um, when I just like I needed to get out of my parents' house because I was, you know, I, I live alone in I have my own apartment, but over quarantine stuff, I stay with my parents just because uh, as someone who struggles with mental health stuff, like being alone for two months, well, originally sounded idyllic, wouldn't have to see anyone, like love it, love it, love it, love it. But uh, that much time alone is not good for anyone. And I think I would have gone crazy so i stayed with my parents and stuff but like uh for about two months but towards the end of that i was like man i need to get out of this house i need to see my friends like i love my family but this is a little much and so i just kind of put out on on facebook like i'm trying to disc golf and then um a couple guys in my band and a couple other friends we all kind of got together and formed this like group and we go I think today's the first day I haven't played in, in, in like a week. And like we played like every day for like a week. And some of our guys have played every day for like 20 days now. And it's like we kind of lean fully into the obsession form of it because it's outside. You can socially distance. You have your friends. And it's barely athletic. So I still feel like I'm bettering myself by doing it. I have the, the ideal disc golf body type. Um, can you tell me what the ideal disc golf body type is this and i'll let your listeners just uh interpret it as as they they, they wish to I, you know obviously i'm super jacked i'm like six seven so ripped it's true can barely both fit in this it's, studio i'm massive like just just a, a physical specimen <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it, but it's it's been a lot of fun because um it's not something that i was really good at when we started but it was something like it's easy it's free all it's ever going to cost you is a couple beers usually, or if you're our group, several hundred dollars in discs because we're all obsessed. I got my drummer obsessed. He's been playing for like Elliot. He's been playing for like four months, I think, three months, maybe. I don't know, somewhere. He's been playing for a bit, but he has more. He has like four times the discs that I do, and I've been playing for years and years. But it's like so easy just to get hooked. It's the obsession. It's, obs- <laughs> it's it is it is because we can we can you know like you should be able to do this it's not that hard you just you just throw it throw a disc right you know but then you want to be better than all your friends and you know that the best way to do that is to buy more discs obviously and um but it's it's great yeah i mean that's since shows have gone away it's really been kind of i wouldn't say fills that gap but contributes towards uh, you know a more positive uh outlet since um shows were just like shows were therapy shows were everything and i didn't realize kind of how much i'd built them into my self-care plan until they just kind of went away because uh, it's not it wasn't ever something that anyone perceived to happen ever like it was so like no one saw it i don't know there's no. no way all of a sudden it was just like wait what and then um and so so when those kind of went away it was just more like I need something else to do. I need that that outlet. I need the community and that kind of stuff. Like I miss nothing will ever replace playing shows. I mean, that's the name of the game. But 
this golf, it, it, it's like a Band-Aid some days. So it, for now, it's kind of it, getting us through. It'll get us through the week for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, shows, come back, come back soon. 2021, can't get here fast enough. It's it's already like basically September, so we've almost we're almost like I think we can we can navigate just through end this horror year. And I remember 2016, we're all like, oh my god, this is the craziest year that we'll ever see. And then 2018, we're like, oh my god, this is the worst. And then 19, we're like, oh my god, no one has ever suffered as we have suffered. And if only we knew. I drove halfway. insane like i think what it is is that we have kind of lived in this fake reality for so long because we could avoid the things that made us uncomfortable you know that's reality shows and keeping up with the kardashians all that kind of stuff sports any of these distractions that keep us away from really focusing on the state of the nation and i think that's really intentional by the people in charge um, we're easier when we're placated, and we see that still uh, today as, you know, the bottom dropped out for a huge part of Americans. I mean, I, I think they said something like 30 million people are facing evictions. Like, it's it's unprecedented. It's never happened before. And I think for once, it's kind of peeled back the propaganda that we are the greatest country in the world, and we don't struggle with anything, and, you know, we're all this stuff. But, like, we watched our government fail us over and over this year i mean just like blatantly fail us and so i think um i think while it's horrible and there's some terrible stuff i do think that this year will be a change now will it be a change for the better will we raise together and stand for our fellow man and 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 the least of ours who are you know with unemployment up and all this kind of stuff people are suffering in this nation on an unforeseen level since 1930s whatever you know almost 100 years people are like this economic divide is horrible so are we going to step in and step up or is it going to get worse is this you know the beginning stages of fascism and like it's it's spooky but at least we're talking and whilst not all the conversations are constructive just go into any local news comment section and um and you can see that uh we are not having constructive dialogues but dialogues are at least happening now. It's important to have the conversations at least. And people are showing who they are. I've got to watch people really show their true colors in ways that are amazing and then in ways that are really disappointing. Um, musicians, some, some musicians really really handled the whole uh, thing, I think, poorly. Like Some people back in like April being like, I don't care if people die. That's your responsibility. I just want to play shows. And it's like, what kind of world are you living in? What kind of... 
me first world and and then we see it now especially with in oklahoma with the the mass mandate and stuff it's like you can't make people care about other people and i think that's where the divide happens it goes if you don't if you now at this point don't care about other people there's nothing i can say or do to convince you of that you are now living in this world where you're the only person that matters but it's showing us who people are and that's a good thing that's a good thing i mean like I think it's a good thing. To know who people are and... Know who we are. Who are you? Absolutely. You know, like, are you the kind of person that cares about others? Or are you just going to party every weekend because you can't deal with the silence? If you'll just try to be patient, then I'll start working on myself. What do you want from me? I don't know anything. The sun goes down and my hopes rise again. online presence has been very consistently just uplifting of others. You share so much of yourself and I can only imagine how vulnerable that can be. I'm wondering, is it something that helps you and helps others? Kind of how did you come into being so open? It's a good question. I'd say it definitely is a, a two-way street. I mean, I've struggled with depression for freaking 20 years at this point, pretty much since I was like 13, you know, stuff started stopping giving me joy and all this kind of stuff and it's like uh i'm really open in our music and online with uh you know that i i have bipolar disorder and that uh, and that's something that really takes me to the ringer some days but uh sure. i think now more than ever like it started as something that that was kind of the more open about something i am the more i can own my own story the more that i get to tell it um all the good and the bad and it, it took you know, brush with death and a really bad breakup um, to really get me to the point where I knew I needed to be more honest. And because I feel like a lot of the worst parts of mental illness lives in silence, um, which is really right now this kind of separation, this isolation. That's that's where it gets you. I started seeing something in other people when I started sharing more and more that people were like, man, I want to talk about this, but I just don't know how to, like, get messages and stuff like that. And then I realized that, like, I'm just going to lay it all out there. And if people want to be in my life, they're going to be in my life. And, like, ever since I started being honest, I think I've gained more authentic friendships and things like that because people – I'm not trying to sell you this version of me, which I did I did for years. I was very – really, really unhappy and I was I was cruel, I was mean, I was manipulative, all kinds of terrible stuff because like I didn't care if I died. Like I actively wanted to die. And so the way I treated other people didn't matter because people didn't matter because nothing mattered. Everything sucks and I'm ready for it to be over. But I think once you can you pivot from that and you start to say I never planned to be 33 years old. But now I am and life is better than even now with all the uncertainty in the world like life's still better than I could have ever guessed it would have been three years ago or whatever and everything's all right. 
I think as I've kind of turned, the biggest change in my life was was realizing that death was no longer an option. You know, I took a bunch of hallucinogens and uh, got stuck in a time loop. Um, and I ended up taking like my antidepressant like 87 times because my day kept restarting. It's back in 2016. And so I like almost died. Like I was in the emergency room, like coding, all this kind of stuff. And it's like the worst thing that ever happened to me. But then that was the moment when, when, when I was like laying there holding my dad's hand, like crying, being like, I'm sorry, man, I messed up. I don't want to die. And, you know, seeing my parents cry and all that kind of stuff was like this moment, this big moment of, holy cow, you've been playing with something you didn't understand. You've been romanticizing something you didn't really understand. And that was the moment things changed because then I had to start living for the future. And so then that's when I decided, who do you who do you want to be? I want to be someone who's kind and who's encouraging and is all the things that I needed in a friend back in the past that I didn't have. And I think that's kind of what it comes out of. And that's where the where Cliff Diver comes out of. It's this, I know how bad it gets. I, I really, really, really do. And I know that some nights you're just sitting there and just thinking about how everything would just be easier. And all you need is that one thing, that one moment, that one break in your consciousness that says, wait. And that's what I try and do. I mean, that's, you know, what we say in, in Cliff Diver, like the name Cliff Diver, it's from Catch on the Rye, where the guy's trying to stop other people from making the mistakes he did. And I think that's that's the big part of it is saying, you know, man, this this isn't it. This isn't the end. Today is not it. It doesn't have to be. You can push through it. And I need that reminder, too. I mean, while though... I would never, like, suicide is not an option for me, and it's been off the table for a couple of years. But that doesn't stop the ideations and the unwanted thoughts, and especially if you struggle with mental health. It's so much worse right now in a way that I see my my mentally ill friends, like, having a pickup. They're more, like, cognitively balanced uh, people who have never been this anxious, who have never dealt with this kind of depression and this kind of unsurety. And I see this a lot on social media is my friends who I know are depressed, I know are suicidal, being like, hey, you're going to be okay. Um, and I think that's pretty cool to see. But at the same time, it's like, man, check on your friends. Check on your friends. Like, I've lost friends during this. And I think what it comes down to is that we have to choose to be better. And that's like what I was talking about earlier. It's like, man, what do we want this world to be? What do you want your story to be? What do you want your legacy to be? Because it doesn't have to be what it was. And you don't have to be the person tomorrow that you are today. And I know it sounds all cliche and a lot of these phrases sound cliche, but they're, there's a reason they're said so much because it's absolutely true. You're the only one who gets to tell your story. So you can change that narration at any time. In any movie, any book, something miraculous can happen and then you just shift and everything is new. And you have that same power in your life. I mean... I I was a college dropout, burnout, you know, all this kind of stuff, like alcoholic, jerk, all this kind of stuff. But now I'm known for being kind and encouraging. And it's not because I'm great. It's because I decided that that is important. I know I'm good enough, enough for anyone. 
You can choose to be negative or you can choose to say, you know, I have no idea why I believe this, but I think things are going to be okay. Because even if they're not, I'd rather go down thinking that it's going to be okay. And and maybe that's a little delusional to I an extent, so. but the world sucks, man. So if you got to be a little delusional to make it through, I think that's okay. Just holding on to that little bit of hope. Just that little bit. And as long as you were self-reflecting on the ways that you can improve yourself openly, honestly, and vulnerably, then I honestly do think things get better. And you can't tell me otherwise. If you are actually authentically working on yourself to be the best you you can be, things do get better. Does it take work? Yeah, but it's your life. You All the good things do. It's nothing just comes easy. So much self-reflection and then also <laughs> advocating for yourself once you realize what you need and what you want to be, creating that mm-hmm. and creating the behaviors because it can be a habit. Negative thinking, of course, can be a habit. Well, absolutely. I, I think uh, cultural nihilism is a real thing. Where it's like, whatever, man. I'm just going to be hedonistic and, and follow whatever spark of joy. But all you're doing when you do that is you're borrowing it. Um, instead of working to a position where you can contain and own it. so If you don't just chase those sparks of joy, you get to invest and you get to build and you grow your own community. And that's something that I've been really excited and really appreciate seeing here in Tulsa. I remember hearing you know, one of your first songs. Instead of having a quarter-life crisis, I just had a second emo phase. <laughs> and I love that community here in Tulsa and just all of the friends that you have made, I think a lot of people have bonded over that for sure and are just drawn to you all because of the honesty in your music. I, I, it, Tulsa music has changed in the last couple of years to something that is a lot more positive and a lot more encouraging. Um, but I, I think that's what it takes. It takes radical love, and radical encouragement. that really in this time of kind of unsure unsure uncertainty unsurety that's why they kicked me out of college but uh no actually they kicked me out of college because I had a 0.7 GPA because I didn't go to class for two semesters and for some reason they wouldn't just like give me A's because I was smart which is total crap University of Arkansas get your stuff together Retroactively, they should just give you the degree. That's my goal: is to get big enough and do enough and and like, uh, what's the thing that where you give people philanthropy? Thank oh, you. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> where I give enough money eventually that they'll be like, here's an honorary degree, and I'll get my little brick on the sidewalk. Uh, no, it's uh, especially for college kids who listen. It's like, remember to take care of yourself. There's a lot of expectations and stress, and there's a lot of opportunities for you to avoid um, doing the things you need to do, especially if you're, you know, even if you're just hyper-focused on doing the right things, you got to make sure you're taking time for yourself. 
you're you're doing things that spiritually enrich you and and you you have someone you can confide in and talk to uh that's really important i i didn't have that uh i burned out you know my depression absolutely destroyed me i lost a couple friends early in college and and then i just went off the rails because there was no one there to make me do the things i needed to do which there always was before and um so for a lot of people that's really scary but just know that like the things that happen now are not the most important things that will ever happen in your life. You will not regret not going to some party. You will not regret, like, some breakup or something like that. Just take care of yourself. It's okay. All that stuff, it, it seems really important right now, but what's important is investing in yourself because that is how you invest in your future. And just do it now. Do it now. Invest in yourself. Be honest. Be vulnerable. And you'll be surprised how many doors open for you when you start doing that. Wow. (laughs) That advice was so good. I need to soak that in. (laughs) I'm not scared of dying. Just scared of your dad. What a scary man. I did want to kind of talk about the aesthetic meets the uh, vibe of your band. I think you all are very supportive. Is that related to the dad vibe aesthetic? <laughs> Is that just like a happy accident? I, I think so. I mean, I'm. there's two of us who are dads in the band. Uh, Dan, our, our old bass player now, sometimes live guitarist. I don't know. We'll see how it all works out once this pandemic's over. But uh, he, at the very beginning of quarantine, he... He adopted a baby, um, so he's now full full cliff diver dad. Um, and I have an I have an eight year old. I have a third grader, um, and so I do think a part of that is just who I am now. I mean, I'm a dad first and foremost, and I I do think that he is the real reason that I am who I am and am the way I am because. I want to be the best dad I can be. And the best dad I can be is someone who also is kind and known for being uplifting. And I want to be the type of of guy that, you know, when people are like, oh, I know your dad. Your dad's a great guy. Like, my dad's a great guy. And so I, you know, I I think that it just is kind of this natural kind of uh, serendipitous lining up of kismet or whatever. But... I've definitely leaned more into the dad aesthetic. My jorts and my white New Balances you can't see. And Killing it. My gold watch, all, all, all dad moves. Um, but I think I think it also it comes back to the encouragement. I think people just need someone to tell them it's going to be okay and tell them that they're proud of them and tell them that they're doing good enough because you never know when someone needs to hear that. Even like... Even if it's just something off the top of my head where I, and I don't mean this to sound any kind of a way, but sometimes I'm like, you just need to post this right now. You need to say that you're going to be okay. And almost every time I listen to my my intuition that says someone needs to hear something today, someone will message me or be like, man, how'd you, how'd you know? And it's like, I, I honestly think that the more you open yourself up to be used um, in the right ways, uh, the more it just becomes part of you. Being a dad is important. Being a father is important. Um, my father is my best friend, and he's the one who, who 
keeps me going. Uh, it's not easy to be the dad of a you know bipolar 33-year-old musician. It's not easy. I'm not an easy son, I, you know, because as well put together as I appear at times, I'm a mess a lot of the other times, you know, and I, I think um, that's been a really hard thing to kind of come to terms with, with not myself as also myself, but with him as well. Like he's seen me come so far, but still struggle. And I think that's hard sometimes, um, especially people who um, didn't have good parents. Like he, he, you know, his parents were alcoholics and stuff and he was in foster care and all this stuff. So uh, he's had to figure this out as we go. And like, it, it wasn't easy. Probably me at 14, me at 17, me like standing in his face, screaming at him because I couldn't control the rage and all this other stuff. It's like, but to see me come from a place where I was getting arrested, I was going to jail, I was, you know, caught up in all these drugs and all these stupid choices. But to see me now where I am talking about these things and helping other people, um, I see this pride in him that he, he does believe that it'll it'll be okay as well. And so I try and harness that and being a father for my son and um telling him that things are going to be okay and and when he gets older we'll get to have some really cool conversations about some of my more um less advisable decisions those are learning lessons they are they are um and he's gonna learn a lot but i i do think that it just kind of carries over that's another acknowledgement that has happened with myself is going oh you can't survive without the support system. And that's tough at times. You want to feel just like you're like anyone else. And But, you know, if you struggle with m- mental illness, it's, the hardest part is letting go of it, feeling like it's your fault or something you deserve or something. It, ever since he moved, I feel there's a big part of me that is that struggles with meaning, struggles with... Um, the whole gambit of of something that is so important to you being something that you can't actively participate in day to day in the way I want to. I mean, we talk all the time. We have a great relationship. Um, he's my best friend. and But I, I guess you would, long story short, I have a bunch of residual dad energy stored up. Um, so I can't help but to invest it in other people because that is the vibe I have. I want you to know that you're going to be okay. I don't want people to suffer like I've suffered. And I think like any father, that's what you you want. You don't want your kids to suffer the way you suffered. My dad was very successful because he struggled as a child. He made sure we didn't need anything. He worked all summer for a radio and had his foster parents steal it and give it to their kid. Like, dude struggled. So he doesn't want me to struggle. And I have I have that same vibe for my son, but also my friends, because, man, the world is cruel, and sometimes you just need someone to look look at you and say you're okay. I know I've needed that. Right, knowing someone is there and has you, even if it is superficial, even if it isn't, whatever. You can you can buy into it for just even if it's just a minute and find that break. And I think that's all anyone needs. I think that we as people are good when we are able to feel seen and feel safe. 
That's what it all comes down to. Um, if you see where most of our problems in this country come from, it's from people who don't feel safe. Whether that's a 55-year-old in Walmart with 16 guns on him, because that's his right as American, but it's because he doesn't feel safe. And that's what it comes down to. And I, I feel called to an extent to make people feel safe because I think that I wouldn't have been given everything I've been through if I couldn't handle it and if it wasn't for a purpose. Now, I have no reason to know why or anything like that, but I, I choose to believe it. It's my story. I can tell it any way I want to. And if I want to live in my world where the cosmic universe has come together through my struggles to help other people struggle less, hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> Breakfast at 3 a.m. Always led to such great conversation. Conversation. For sure, for sure. We have new music coming. Um, We'll have a split out in like October, I think. So we're on Spotify. <laughs> I love that. It's for otters. It's Spotify for otters. Um, it's just sounds of clams and shells being uh, tapped together and people holding hands as otters. <laughs> they wear their otters too. Spotify. <laughs> we're on Spotify. Cliff Diver, one word. I don't know if it's capitalized or not, but it's just one word. We're the first one that comes up now, which is Sick. great. If you, if you, gli- if you, glyph dive if you google man i'm falling apart here at the end i did so well We've for got so it. long you've been killing it you've got this <laughs> um yeah if you google cliff diver one word we're also the first thing that comes up which is huge now it's huge Absolutely. but um yeah well, you can find us on spotify We've got a couple songs on there i think we have like 10 songs now so we'll have a we'll have a split out um we're writing our first full album Right now, LP1, 10 songs, I think. It's going to be about friendship and hope and depression and sadness and uh, dreams and suicide and uh, about my ex-girlfriend who killed herself and a dream that I have. It's like super intense, but then it's going to be super positive and I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited to write, so hopefully we'll record that this year, but um, we should have more content that you can find on Instagram, OK. Twitter, Cliff Diver, okay. Facebook, just Cliff Diver. Uh, I post on Instagram. Matt won't give me the login for Twitter. Um, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm just at the Joey Duffy. And uh, I will overtake the band and followers one day. I'm going to do it. I'm almost at a thousand, so come. Now that's that that's Whoa. that big the big deal a thousand twitter followers that's gonna get you verified <laughs> really fast i hope so man i need that check mark in my life but uh you can find us there um and just just know that we're writing new music and know that um we love you and when you listen to our music that it's uh it's a story and it's a story about hope and it's a story about things getting better and even the songs that aren't <laughs> are so uh just listen to it it'll make sense but um just know that you're loved man and that as chaotic and as terrible as things are right now it's not going to be this way forever one way or another it won't be like this forever it'll change it'll change and that's uh what i want to leave you with is remember that everything is temporary 
And although that sounds spooky at first, it's not. Because that means that every bad day will end. And every good day will come again. But every good day will end. So that's okay too. You have to come to the point where both are okay. Bad times, yeah, they're terrible. But they won't last. They're always temporary. And the good times, well, cherish them while you're in them. Because they don't last either. And I think if there's one thing that we're sure of now, it's that. That everything is transit. Everything is changing. So find the things that bring you life. Find the things that give you life. Find the things that you can build into your life and hold them. But not too tightly. And you'll be okay. So I'll drive.